Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. You should never tell anybody in your firm that you're looking for a job. If you're laid off, uh, what you need to do is, first of all, you should be looking for a job before you're laid off. You need to prepare yourself and take actions in advance. Okay, yeah, so someone says, um, should I should I risk staying at my job or should I look for one if my firm's laying people off? Yes, you should definitely, if your firm's laying people off, you should definitely, if it was me, um, I would, and the layoffs are in your practice area, I would start laying, I would start looking for a job. Now, uh, the layoffs, a lot of times when there's layoffs, or they're sometimes they're confined to corporate or they're confined to certain practice areas. Um, and if you have a lot of work and you're working with a partner that has a lot of work, then you're probably okay. Or if you're in a practice area where there's a lot of work, you're okay. But if you are, you're like in corporate and your firm's laying corporate people off, yeah, you should sure as hell start looking for a job. And by the way, no one finds out that you're looking for a job. No, I have been doing this for 25 years. Uh, I had one instant where the fact that one of my candidates, again, worked with tens of thousands of people. One verified instance where one of my candidates had found out, someone found out that he was uh, looking for a job and it got back to the firm he was at. The only reason, actually, it didn't even get back to the firm he was at because he was no longer working there. What happened is, uh, I'll just tell you this story, because I, I know people are paranoid about it getting out there looking for a job, but I just want to tell you two stories. So I had one candidate, he was at a big firm in LA, I think it was a Midwestern-based firm, and um, he was fired from his firm for doing something questionably illegal. I guess I'll leave it at that. And so um, he didn't tell me this, and so I was sending his background and stuff to other firms around LA, and uh, one of the firms, and then the firm he was at, went before looking for a job, called me and said, you know, I know you're representing him. I know you've been sending him out because someone called me, but, you know, you should know that he committed this crime and that's why what's happening. And um, and one of the firms that you sent him to is was involved in this and knows about it. Cause, and uh, so that's the only time this has ever happened. Uh, so other than that, um, never had a candidate's confidentiality disturbed. Uh, it's the worst thing that a law firm can do. Law firms are not sitting around. Uh, these partners, by the way, are worrying about their, you know, their deals and their business. The last thing in the world they have time to do is pick up the phone because some associate is looking for a job and call someone at another firm. They just don't do that. I mean, it just doesn't happen. Uh, it may if they want to do a reference check at some point, but it doesn't happen. They don't have the time for that. They're, they're too busy. They would rather be billing hours. Come on. And they don't distribute your confidentiality because if they distribute your confidentiality, they do it with a recruiting firm. They know the recruiter is never going to send them anybody. Um, I still remember the firm that did that, you know, decades later. And so firms do not look, no one's calling your firm. It's not getting out that you're looking for a job. The only people where it's going to get out you're looking for a job is if you tell anybody you're working with at your firm you're looking for a job or your friends that may know people in your firm you're looking for a job. Do not do that. They will use it against you. Okay. You should never tell anybody in your firm that you're looking for a job. I just would not tell another, even someone you think is your best friend. Can you be trusted with every secret? You might be able to, but most people can't. So do not tell anybody, anybody you're looking for a job. The law firms you're looking for a job for, by the way, will not tell anybody either. They will keep a confidential. The associates you're interviewing won't say your name to other people. This is like, this is the worst thing you can possibly do. It, it makes them look bad. It makes them look like scum. And people don't like to look like scum. So no one's going to talk to anybody about you looking for a job. That's like your therapist picking up the phone, you know, calling to your friends and saying, is this really true what this person said? 
uh, about you. I mean, this just doesn't happen. So I, I just want to be clear. Now, it may have, may happen occasionally. Um, it, it doesn't happen with with me because I know that I will never send in people again. But I mean, and it, does it happen occasionally? It may happen in some small markets, like if two attorneys are friends and competitive and immature. But no, it's not something to worry about. So yes, you should look for a job. You shouldn't be afraid of looking for a job. You should definitely, if your firm is laying people off in your practice area, the dumbest thing you can do would not be to look for a job. You need to look right away. Now, other thing is when a firm lays people off, um, they should be giving you time to look for a job. And let's just talk about some layoff guidelines right now. If you're laid off, uh, what you need to do is, first of all, you should be looking for a job before you're laid off. The next thing you should be doing before you look for a job before you're laid off is if you are laid off, you need to ask, tell the firm, listen, man, this is not cool. Like you're hurting me. And I demand that you allow me to use your firm's website and keep me up there. I demand that you, um, you use the website. There's having your voicemail. There's email. I mean, all these things that you should be negotiating with your firm. And I don't know why um, some firms will be adverse to that, but most of them aren't. Most of them are pretty cool about it. And so that's what you want to do. Now, the, the reason that law firms, law firms, of course, if you if you go, I was reading these articles in JD Journal about stealth layoffs at Kirkland, layoffs at Gunderson, layoffs at, you know, it's, it's always the same firms too, by the way. I mean, it's it's usually, I mean, they're laying, they, because they have big clients and the work slows down. And yeah, so if, if your law firm's laying you off, I guess, I mean, the only thing that, I mean, when you are laid off, you, you just need to be very uh, quick about uh, taking action and looking for a new job. And then I guess the final thing I was saying was kind of the layoff advice about uh, how to avoid it, making sure that you have uh, access to your voicemail. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. But what I was saying is the reason law firms don't like to admit layoffs is because it makes them look like they're not economically strong to their clients and also hurts their brands uh, with other attorneys that may be looking for a job. So they would rather rather than hurt their, their brand with their clients, rather than hurt their brand with future law students and people that they rely on, uh, they try to make it look like it's your fault. So if they're laying 10 people off in a thousand people firm or 50 people off in a thousand person firm, they would rather make it your problem rather than theirs or others in the future. Is that fair? No. But is that what big businesses can do? Yes. And big businesses, which your law firms are, have been trampling on, you know, big, that's how they behave. And so it's just what you need to do. So your job is to protect yourself. And if you are laid off, to make sure that you see the warning signs happening. A lot of people think, oh, I'm gonna work remotely. I'm gonna, you know, it's it's my uh, right to work remotely. It's, um, I, I don't need to socialize after work. I, my private life and my private time is mine. No, you should be in the office because you can pick up rumors that way. You should be in the office because people will if, if they see you there every day, it's much more personal laying you off in person if you're right next to a partner and you're giving him work and he's and, and you're stopping by and being friendly with them or her than it is to lay you off if you're just some freaking remote attorney. Remote attorney is very easy to lay off. I would love to lay off a remote attorney if I was a law firm. That's the first person I would let go. So think about this. You need to be in the office. You need to be having relationships. You need to be going out to events and things. And if you're laid off, fine. But they're when they see names, uh, and they do, they talk about the names, they look at them. If you're in the office and seeing someone will step up and say, no, I like this person, don't let them go. So you need to protect yourself. And a lot of times these layoffs come out of nowhere. They're not going to give you free, they're not going to give you a uh, fair warning. 
that they're going to lay you off. It's just, it's going to come out of nowhere. It's going to, there's going to be some meeting and then all of a sudden, boom, you're gone. So you need to prepare yourself and take actions in advance. I hope that's a helpful answer. Okay. Should I take a temporary public defender position with a shorter commute, better pay, and an opportunity to get into the public sector? Even though criminal laws are my area of focus, my current employer provides great mentorship, but there's concerns about not getting enough work. Uh, well, I don't know what kind of work you're currently doing. Um, it sounds like you're not uh, doing um, this type of work, but if uh, a criminal law doesn't have to be your area of focus, if you like criminal law, that's a great practice area. Uh, it's one of the practice areas that tends to do well in recessions and all economic climates. Uh, it's actually quite interesting uh, for a lot of people and they like it. Uh, you can have a lot of employment stability doing it. If you like arguing and uh, different kind of personalities and kind of excitement, it can be fun. Um, and if your current employer provides a great mentorship, but there's concern about getting enough work, then that might be a good idea. Um, what I am concerned about with what you're saying is once you leave a law firm, now it's different in criminal. So there's certain practice areas, which are like criminals, one of them, where you can leave and go to the public sector and go back to a law firm, because obviously criminal law involves the government and, and you can do that there. But most practice areas, if you were doing, say, commercial litigation, and then you want to go back to commercial litigation after doing criminal law, that's not going to happen. So, so you have to be pretty concerned, pretty uh, if you ever want to work in your practice area again, you have to be pretty careful about doing criminal law. Temporary public defender. And if anybody has a follow-up a question about any of this, let me know. Okay, so this is a question about work-life balance, So, which is a good question. So I, I like this question, whoever asks this one. It's a good one. No work-life balance or one to sacrifice extra for better work-life balance. So... I think when anyone is a young attorney, you're typically, you have a much different energy level than you will have when you're uh, older. You're also more open to learning. Uh, so law firms that are giving you a lot of work when you're young, that are very prestigious, uh, will teach you how to do things right. And they'll give you a lot of work and they'll typically teach you kind of a lot of lower level tasks and expect you to become proficient in that before you get into higher level. So it's very rare, for example, for associates in big law firms to ever do trials until they become like like lead attorney on trial until they become partners. And it's very rare for, uh, you know, instead they spend their first couple of years doing discovery and, you know, or I mean, I guess they run deals in some big firms when they're young. I was talking to someone from um, another great firm, Sullivan Cromwell, the other day, and was telling me how they were young running deal. But the point is that as a young associate. The point is that I think you should not worry too much about work-life balance when you're young. Get the training first, and then once you have the training, uh, it's going to put you in much better shape later on. And um, that's what I would, how I would handle that question. And, uh, it, you know, having the work-life balance is good. Uh, at some point in your career, you may want to have work-life balance, meaning uh, you may decide that that's more important to you than and working in a demanding environment. And I respect that decision. Uh, I think that uh, you may not even want to practice law in the future. I mean, you never know. Uh, but having that work-life balance is good. And it may actually be healthier for you and uh, more appropriate for your disposition. So there's nothing wrong with that. But if I was you and I was young, and uh, and I'm assuming you're young, you could be, for all I know, a, a 70 year old partner thinking about working in another big firm, which again, this happens, or I would take the one that gives you the best training when you're young, because that training, by the way, makes a big difference. I mean, I want to make another point that I think is very important for everyone to understand. The reason it's important to many times to go to good schools is because you're surrounded by people 
that think about the world and have big goals and things. That's the only reason. It's not because you learn anything differently. And it's because the collective thoughts and things of the people as a group make a certain type of person. I'm just my opinion and the professors. And, and it's also the reason it's important to go to certain types of employers when you're young. Because if you go to the big firms and think about work and stuff a certain way, you will adopt uh, the mannerisms and the way of thinking about work that they have. And, and that's important because they do things in a certain way. And often it's, it's a very good way and uh, most of the time. And, and you'll learn skills there that you might not learn other places and you'll watch how people do things. So uh, so that's why I would recommend going to the best firm you can. Now, just because you don't doesn't mean it's not going to hurt you into anything bad, but um, it, it can be helpful. Let's see. Do you want to take back control of your legal career? We have a solution for you. Harrison Barnes, the number one legal recruiter with over 20 years of experience, hosts weekly webinars followed by live Q&A sessions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. These webinars are packed with helpful information that you can use to advance your legal career. Best of all, after each webinar, Harrison stays for as long as needed in order to answer every question. Oh, thank you for asking a question about TLS. I love that site, by the way. And if anyone here is a member of that, I am going to improve the heck out of it. Uh, I tend to be hands off with it because it seems to set the members. So I, I haven't worked on it. I mean, people kind of like it as their own. All the moderators, by the way, if anybody wants to be a moderator on there, we'd love to have your help. It's kind of, I really have nothing to do with it. I put some BCG ads up there, but I'd love to be more involved. It's just that I think it's more of its own community. And I haven't made any efforts to make money off it or anything. And, and but it's just it's a nice site for people. It's terribly expensive when we bought it. I mean, but anyway, if anybody uses TLS, uh, if you put in the chat your email and you want to be a moderator or something, certainly would be appreciated because we're always looking for help for people. But again, it's the site is run by the community. It's really I honestly have nothing to do with it. And every time I try to get involved in that, people seem to not like any outside involvement. And I understand that. So it is, it's run by the members. Uh, but the, anyway, but I'd like to improve the look and feel of it and some functions and things to help the, the community. Um, so what are the personal risks associated with posting information about a toxic employer in a site like TLS? There are no risks. Um, the only risk of posting information about toxic employers, and there's nothing wrong, by the way, with warning other people about toxic places and things on TLS and no one's going to delete your post or anything. I, I won't see it. I mean, the only risk associated with posting that sort of information are that it will get back that you posted something. I'll tell you a quick story. It's kind of scary. And I'll tell you a, a quick story. There was a big firm in New York City that where someone posted something very toxic about the firm. Like it was very mean. I mean, it was, and it was a big firm. It was a you know, one of the, you know, you can think of the three most or four largest big names. And, and um, someone posted something very toxic. And there were people, uh, and it, I don't know if it was on, it might have been on TLS, I don't remember. Uh, anyway, so there were, uh, a lot of people were insulted and uh, and that sort of thing. So what happened was that the firm apparently had, uh, for all of the associates in the firm, you know, they had um, and no one knew it, of course. They had uh, screen uh, recording software running in the background. No one knew it. You couldn't see it by searching your computer or anything. And so the law firm simply went in and found out who did it and fired the person. And then I think might have even sued them for some things that they said that they didn't think were true. So um, this can happen. It can happen. I had another funny thing happen. 
I had another guy that I knew pretty well, and um, he was working at um, Cadwallader or something, and he figured out how to break into the uh, voicemail system and change someone's outbound greeting. And, uh, and so he broke into this very uptight partner's voicemail while he was on vacation and um, talked about him, I don't know, being at a nudist resort and unreasonable or something about, but pretending like he was the partner and his secretary and very funny. And um, of course, they figured out that someone from his extension log, I mean, you know, they, so firms, I'm just saying, if a firm really wants to, uh, they can figure this out. I have, and I'll just tell you some more stories about this because you're asking this and it's uh, it's just nice to put this information out there. The, the thing with Cadwallader was very funny, by the way, when I heard about it. And it's not because Cadwallader is a bad firm or anything. It's just because the, the guy that did it was just freaking crazy. And he went to, I think he'd gone to University of Virginia and he'd started a website called Information, which is an old kind of gossip site. And, um, and then I ended up sponsoring that site. This is a long time ago. Uh, which was one of the ways that BCG kind of got prominent. But anyway, the other thing is when you post this uh, negative information, what law firms do all the time is they um, some of them will get very mad, especially the smaller law firms, because what happens, like if you post a negative review of your employer on Law Crossing or you post one on BCG, we obviously, it's a public forum or TLS, so we don't take it down. Uh, we leave it up uh, as long as you're not threatened to blow the place up or something. No one's going to mess with your review. There's no policing uh, of negative reviews unless they're dangerous or something. So what happens is because these sites have authority with search engines, they start coming up at the top. So you could leave a negative review about a big firm and it could be a long one. And so suddenly when someone types in one information about that firm, it comes right up at the top. And uh, so then what people do is some of the firms, not big firms, but some of the firms will uh, actually file lawsuits uh, against like our company, like demanding we take it down. And of course, I have to defend those and it's expensive and dumb. Uh, and we always win uh, because you have the right. Um, and uh, but that's what happens. And so the company, I certainly if you want to write bad reviews, I mean, I'll defend you and uh, it's up to you. I mean, but uh, I'm just saying this is what happens when people write uh, information about toxic employers. Another thing I would say is in a lot of states, which is like California, Illinois, there's something called anti-slap statutes. And I'm just talking about this because you're uh, everyone in this calls a law student or attorney. And what that means is if you say something uh, that's free speech and you're caught, uh, and as long as it's not defamation, uh, and defamation uh, means anything other than an opinion. So if you say, so-and-so is a criminal um, and they're not a criminal. Well, that's defamation. But if you say so-and-so, in my opinion, is doing things that are criminal-like, that's an opinion. Um, I'm, I, again, don't quote me on that, but anything that's opinion is not defamation. So if you are to post, if, if you uh, write something negative and, and, they're, um, and you're sued, you can file what's called an anti-slap statute, which means you're entitled to all the costs of defending yourself and everything. And most states will and judges will automatically award that to you. And they did that because what used to happen is they started in California. Uh, people would say negative things about oil companies uh, like, you know, they're polluting their my groundwater's polluted and my kids all have cancer and the oil companies would sue them. And uh, and then so they, they came out with these things called anti-slap statutes, which basically says uh, that if people write negative things about you, uh, or if you write something that's an opinion and and you're sued for it, you can sue back in an anti-slap. And so that's what that's why you, you generally don't get in trouble. But if you're going to write negative things about your firm, 
you know, if you search for BCG, you could do it there. You could write them on Law Crossing. You could write them on Top Law School. You can write them on Glassdoor. I think uh, maybe Indeed allows that. But if you write negative things, you should also write positive things about places that are good. And the only risk is getting caught. You're not going to get caught by the uh, the publication turning over your negative statement because they won't. They'll defend you. Uh, that's what we do all day. And that's what Glassdoor and they'll defend you. But not only that, if you are sued and somehow caught because you give given information that they know that it's you and they try to come after you, you can sue in an anti-slap statute, which is kind of fun. So and it's very funny how uptight some of these firms are. Uh, not big firms, but smaller firms and stuff. And people say negative things about them because that's all they have. If someone messes with you, I guess, I mean, that's your outlet, which is fine. I certainly have had experiences where I've fired people on things and they've done that to me. And it does cause a, a lot of headaches and can hurt their reputation and all sorts of things. And so it's just what it is. But you could definitely, you know, if you post information, there's really no personal risk. I would be very careful, though, about putting information that could come back to you because people take that stuff very seriously. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. Okay, so what are strategies that attorneys can use to overcome identity problems and increase their work opportunities? Well, I mean, in terms of your identity problems, I, I don't know quite understand this question, um, but I, I would say that your identity needs to be surrounded to being an attorney. Uh, that's the only thing I can say in response to that. So the law firm is not a therapeutic. I mean, they're hiring people uh, with certain skills. So that's what I would. Okay, let me see. So this person is just asking more questions about um, this. I was at a smaller, less prestigious firm that had low hour requirement. However, I still ended up thrown to the walls, fiery when my hours were low, and I was given inconsistent work. I worked in litigation. Most of the firm's workers not litigation related. My outcomes had some materialized, and I was laid off. How can I ask my well? Okay, so you don't care. I mean, who cares? So it's not your fault. Um, let me just be very clear with you. So you didn't cause it. You can't control it. So who cares? I mean... Like none of, none of this, again, just because you were, you know, things didn't work out. I mean, have you ever been in a relationship, you know, with a significant other that didn't work out? I mean, probably partially your fault, but it's also their fault. And there's relationships that do work out. When things work out, you get married uh, and you realize that it's going to be a good long-term relationship. So things don't always work out. You know, I personally um, was horrible at chemistry, didn't work out. So I did something different. And made, I mean, who cares? You don't have to blame yourself. This is not your problem. Uh, you need to learn um, maybe that you picked the, the wrong law firm or coming assignments and materialize. If they had, okay, it's just like this. If this law firm had work for you to do, they would have given it to you because they would have made money, right? So that's it. The law firm didn't have work to do. If I have if just put it this way, if say my uh, daughter is willing to answer phones for me for $10 an hour, if people hire me to answer phones, um, I charge them $50 an hour and she's sitting around saying, oh, you know, I don't have any work to do. What am I doing wrong? Well, obviously, if I had $50, if I could charge her out at $50 an hour, I would be. So none of this is your fault. Come on, come speak. Let's be honest here. Like, 
This, this isn't, you didn't cause this. You can't control it. You can't cure it. It's a law firm's fault. They didn't have the work. So who cares? Like, don't worry about it, man. Like anytime a law firm is super busy uh, and has a lot of work, most of the people have work. Now you need to be enthusiastic and everything, but if they had work, they would have given it to you. They don't care. They just want to make money. Wouldn't you do the same? Like, just think about it. If you have someone sitting around that will charge you $10 an hour and you can charge $50 an hour for their work, which is pretty similar to what happens in a law firm, what would you do? So just, you know, kind of think about it that way. Did someone ask a question about ideal hours? Uh, your hours should be uh, more than other other people you're working with. So let me just ask them. Okay, so when you're working in a law firm, if you want to stand out as an associate or a partner or whatever, the ideal amount of hours is more than your peers. That's it. And you should not, by the way, this is just a little piece of advice about billing hours. You should be billing. I would uh, go to work and work till, you say I work till, midnight or whatever. And, you know, just telling you the way I used to be. Um, I would be so wired from drinking coffee. I would drive home, crack a beer, maybe have a cigarette. Uh, this is a long time ago. I don't certainly smoke or anything like that or drink even anymore, but calm down thinking about the work I was doing for a few hours, go to sleep, wake up, think about the work some more in the shower, literally think about nothing but the work and think that the only thing I should ever be billing for was the time that I was sitting behind my desk. Well, no, if I drove home thinking about the work for 45 minutes, and then I thought about and made notes and thought about strategies and stuff for another two hours when I got home, then got up and thought about the work some more, and I used to carry around a little recorder and made some notes about things, that's billable hours. Come on, you have to think about how to make sure that you're billing hours, like you bill more hours in your pairs. Now, is that ethical what I would, was doing? No, I didn't bill hours for that. That's what I'm saying. Is what If I was doing it now, I know that that's what partners do in most firms. That's what you need to do. So like you need to figure out how to bill your time and hours on things that are related. And I would you know, think about it that way. Someone says, are you really endorsing taking math? No, of course I'm not endorsing taking math. I've never even, I've never even seen math. I don't know what this question's about. What quality of skills make an attorney stand up? Law firms on Someone wanted to work directly with you. Um, how would they contact you? Uh, I typically, I mean, I do work with attorneys, um, but what I would recommend is um, if someone does want to work with our company, you can put your resume um, in BCG. The best way to get anyone's attention is no one cares, by the way, uh, at our company. Um, I don't care where you went to law school. I don't care how prestigious your firm is. All I care about is if you're focused on a practice area. I like it if you went to a good law school and have a good background, but um, I care about your focus. And um, so if someone wants to work with our company, I care about their focus. I personally believe that uh, this business is better. I, I know a lot of people want counseling and want to talk to people. Um, I do have this service that I'm coming out with called reverse recruiting, which is not working with a recruiter. It's helping a recruiter apply on your own, but I'm helping, I'm working with people in that. Uh, you can, it's called BCG forward search forward slash reverse dash recruiting or something. I don't know, but I just want to make a couple statements about uh, recruiting. Most of the time when you work with a legal recruiter, the legal recruiter is, it's a sales job. They're trying to sell you on whatever is going to get them a commission. And um, I don't think 
I mean, that's okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's just how it works when you go into a car dealership or when you talk to a real estate salesman for your house. I mean, it's just how the world works. But I don't think that's the best way for attorneys to get jobs. I think your best way to get a job is to have access to information that's good. And information that's good means information that comes sorted, where you're using data science, where um, we're looking at what's happened historically. You know, so say our company right now is working with, I'm just giving you a hypothetical number, 10,000 people. And all those 10,000 people are applying to firms all over the country. And we're watching how many times each firm opens a resume, how many types of resumes the firm opens, who interviews who, how many, how often the firm tends to interview, what seasons they interview. I mean, all these different things, factors, more than you can imagine. And they're looked at and what types of schools and what types of firms and what firms hire from what firms. And there's so much to this, like you wouldn't believe it. Like, it's not something that any human can possibly understand. It's way beyond that. That's if you want to get a job, because there's a lot going on here. Like, there's, there's, and then you have individuals in certain firms that maybe, I mean, and then you have, like, I mean, there's so much going on, and it's impossible for one human to, one recruiter to possibly understand it. I mean, we've got a, like a freaking data center, like a BCG attorney search, where our bills I mean, this is a data center, okay? This is just a data center, like with a bunch of servers, are $17,000 a month. This is just computers processing information. I mean, this is freaking insane. So this is what goes into, and this isn't even humans. Like, I mean, mean, think about, like, I'm not, I mean, I might be smart, but I'm not even, I can't even operate at 5% of the level that using all this information can help. So, if you want to work with me, I'm happy to talk to you about your life and your goals and things. And I love doing that. Um, I would recommend reading my blog, HarrisonBarnes.com. But um, the big thing is, is that I would recommend is um, I'm a firm believer that in, if you want to get a job, work directly with me. What you're going to work with is if you want to work with me personally and have me tell you about my opinions about different firms and why they're bad and what people are saying or why they're good. I mean, I can do that. But what I would recommend is really using this hundred plus million dollar worth of uh, investment in our database to go out and let that work for you and sign up on our site and start getting jobs. Um, And if you're focused in your practice area, I don't care if you're a drunk diving attorney. I don't care if you're a a worker's comp. I don't care if you're working at, you know, you went to Yale and you're working at Wachtell. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. Um, That data is going to help you more than, than I could possibly help you and more than any recruiter could possibly help you. I don't have anything against recruiters, uh, but I do have against something against the limitations of the human mind. Come on. I mean, it's it's impossible to do, to tell you what you need without using, I just can't do the same kind of work. So um, I do work with people occasionally, you know, when um, directly, but I believe that business is, is extended if you understand it far beyond that. And that's how I would help you. I would also recommend watching a lot of our videos just because that'll kind of introduce you to this philosophy in ways. I mean, the only benefit of working uh, with this is, uh, you know, I've been doing this for so long. So, you know, I do, I keep investing the business over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, I'm not happy to just sit around and like a lot of people and say, oh, I'm a successful recruiter. I make this money and look at me. I'm you know, no, I, I sit in an office. I rarely leave. Uh, I spend time with my family, of course, but this is all I do, you know, and I keep investing in this and because I believe in it. I believe in you. 
So um, that's kind of my pitch. I think that's um, pretty much most of the questions. Anything else? Okay, I think that's about it. So uh, thank you everyone for being on the webinar today. Uh, I do appreciate it. Uh, I'm not sure what topic we're in next week, but I think uh, I'm just so impressed with everyone's questions today. I think they're great. I'm very impressed with everyone that's on this call and webinar because I can't believe um, it would be very hard for me to sit through something that this long. But I think anybody that is hungry for this sort of information is asking questions and and listening to this stuff. I mean, wow. I mean, you guys are so far ahead. The stuff I taught you today uh, took me decades to learn. Um, and uh, the fact that you're able to listen to this advice and uh, stuff is remarkable. Uh, so I uh, definitely commend you uh, for doing that and, uh, and, and very much appreciate people that take the time to learn. You know, I get calls, I'll just say this and I'll close, but I get calls and messages on LinkedIn and stuff pretty regularly. Like I would say, you know, once every one or two weeks or something, and someone will say, oh, I'm a partner at, you know, Simpson Thatcher. And I started listening to your stuff when I was a junior associate. And now I've got this, you know, $25 million book of business. And, and, you know, I was lucky to get a job there. I started out as a staff attorney and I listened to your stuff and I turned into a real attorney. I mean, I get stuff like that all the time. And so this, and it's not because I'm, it's just because of willingness to learn is, is really what it's about. I'm glad that you're learning um, and I can teach you this stuff. And it's not me that's making this stuff happen it's learning and absorbing this information. So that's why um, I, I think it's so powerful that you're able to do that. And certainly um, I do appreciate uh, people that learn. I think it's awesome. So, uh, but that's it. And um, thank you. And I will um, talk to everyone or see you everyone next week. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com. 